Hi, I'm Kiki. And I'm Kemi. And you're listening to Your Advisors Will See You Now, a podcast that will help you to figure out all of your options for life after high school. Hey, everyone. Thank you for turning into another episode of Your Advisors Will See You Now. As you know, we are into our very, very um, long interview series. We have people working in various careers. I have had the opportunity and the honor to work with Teresa at my previous um, job at Clark University. And we always wanted to have Teresa on here because Teresa is the guru for all things entrepreneurship. And she has such a genuine passion for this. And I thought that it would be, Miki, you thought it would be great to have her on. So that way you could have an understanding of what actually entrepreneurship is. What age can you start entrepreneurship? What that kind of looks like. So without further ado, I'm going to segue over to Teresa. Can you please introduce yourself? Oh, my goodness. That was a wonderful introduction. Um, Yes, my name is Teresa Quinn. Um, I am currently the program manager of the Entrepreneurship and Innovation Program at Clark University, where we met. And you're right. I mean, I... I know people have said whenever I speak about entrepreneurship, they're always they always comment on my energy about entrepreneurship, and I don't even seem to notice it. It just seems to be the way I talk about it because I do. I, I, I think it's to some level it is for everyone. I know a lot of people don't agree with that in the entrepreneurial world, but to some level, I do believe it's for everyone. So I like to, to spread the information around. So I'm very, very excited to be here and talk about this. So thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Could you kind of tell us, like, where did it all start from with you? Did you kind of have this entrepreneurial spirit when you were young? And then did you go to college for that? How did you end up being um, in like where you are now? I think I have a true entrepreneurial journey. You know, most entrepreneurs, there's a there's a, a meme out there of, you know, what people think success is, where it's like A to B. And entrepreneurs know that it's all around the mulberry bush and all around everything you know it's just it's one of those things where it's all over the place but uh, my journey yeah i kind of was an entrepreneur as a kid and i and i do credit my mother quite a bit to being an entrepreneur she worked for a plastics company and they needed someone to make their catalogs for them you know back in the day you had to actually have to hand make them and um, so she brought home one of those little machine things and everything, and I would make them and charge her company per her catalog that I made. Well, after a while, I realized that I could hire the child, the, the kid next door to do this when I couldn't do it and pay her a little less and make and make <laughs> money off of it. She would still make money. <laughs> She's still a really good friend of mine um, and make a little money off of that. And we could make more catalogs. We could get more done. So it started pretty young. And I, I was probably, I don't know, 11, 12 when I did that. And I was a babysitter too. So it was always, you know, something, something. Um, Love it. But I also, you know, I was born and raised in California and um, I was also a first gen. So college, when you when people always ask, well, you don't need to go to college to be an entrepreneur. That's really true. That's really, mm-hmm. really true. However, I do believe that college um, really helps you focus, you know, and it, it gives you a lot of perspectives of industries, um, learning styles, things of other people's passion. So I, I do think it just makes you um, a more educated entrepreneur. So, but yeah, you don't have to go to college to do it. But anyway, 
I went to Cal State University, Dominguez Hills. And as a first gen, I picked, I'm so embarrassed to say this, but I picked the college because they had a really cool soccer team. Um, I really, that was it. And sadly, I ended up marrying one of the, the soccer players. That's, that's how <laughs> and, and gen, you know, a first gen student I was. But that's the way, that's the reason I picked it, you know, and it was pretty close to home. But, you know, and then I got into going to classes and things like that and could not determine a, a major. And I didn't really even understand what all those things were about majors and minors. And my parents didn't really know, but my mom was determined that I was going to get a college degree. And mm -hmm. understanding my mom, you know, she really thought that the only way to do that was to go into business. And I was like, oh, that's so strict. That's so, eh. I started taking classes in business like my mom had suggested. And I found this segment of business called entrepreneurship. And I loved it because it was very much me. You know, it was that, that mm, free spirit kind of, tap into your passions, tap into different things. Um, and they really, since it was very new, this was back in the 80s, you know, entrepreneurship, they let me kind of design my own major and got to pick my own classes along the way in the business department. And they had to be relative to, you know, what entrepreneurship was. And that's where the passion started. But the problem with that entrepreneurship education back in the day was that it was very theoretical. This is how you theoretically start a business or an entrepreneurial project. And it, it was, read it in a textbook. You know, you have to mm -hmm. open up a, a, an office. You have to have business cards. You have to apply for a license. You have to do all these things. Mm -hmm. But there was nothing that I was going to do in that office kind of thing. And really, the only thing that I, I joke to this day about is that the only thing I really learned was how to apply for an SBA loan, which is a small business loan. I mean, I, it, it was good in the fact, my education was good in the fact, again, that I got a bigger perspective of what entrepreneurship is. But in reality, I didn't start anything. And that's what entrepreneurs do is they start, they work something. So when I graduated from college and walked across the big graduation stage, you know, I thought I was going to walk across and make my millions of dollars, you know, but I truly had. We all think. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I had nothing to apply my entrepreneurship to, or I think that's the right grammar. But um, and so I graduated in 1989 and I didn't start my first business into, until 2005. And I really just kind of stumbled upon it. And then. And, and my education definitely helped make me a better entrepreneur. But yeah, it took that long because I really wasn't prepped for it. That's kind of my journey with the entrepreneurship. And so then once once I started my business, I was like, ah, I get it now. I understand why I'm doing all this. And then I slowly, you know, worked my way into the, the world of uh, college entrepreneurship. I worked with an amazing researcher, PhD researcher, uh, Ryan Van Zee, who taught me a lot about you just really push these students out there and just make them start. You know, they're going to fall on their face. But the great part about being in college and doing entrepreneurship is you you can fall on your face and there's somebody there to kind of pick you up and dust you off and kind of head you in the right another direction, so to speak. So I worked with him quite a bit. And then I ended up over at Clark and the students at Clark are are amazing, absolutely amazing with the ideas that they come up with and their their excitement for entrepreneurs.
entrepreneurship. That wasn't a nutshell, but that was my journey. That was that was my journey to entrepreneurship. And I just absolutely love it. I think that's no, I think it was mm-hmm. perfect. That was great. And just to like quickly brag on Teresa really quickly too. So like her, Teresa, she focuses so heavily on entrepreneurship at Clark. She established something called Clark Tank, which is just like Shark Tank basically the same kind of thing. And then students, when um, they get voted for theirs and they get money to put towards their, well, I'll have you explain it better than I can. But side note, uh, Teresa set up, so it's like once a week, students can have their own time to set up their shop on the school campus and they can mm-hmm. sell like their goods. So I would go to these things and my mind is just blown that there's college students doing these type of things. Could you have anything from baking? Someone has like a legitimate like shoe cleaning business. Someone has like a shoe business where they're buying them, reselling them. Someone has them, they're painting their own shoes, creating their own t-shirts, selling their own jewelry. And it's just amazing that I'm like, wow, these kids are here in college and they're starting their own businesses. And it's possible. It's absolutely possible. But I think the, mm-hmm. the, the beautiful part about it too is just Teresa like will see these students and she'll like meet with them. And then she like really, like she really does confidently like push them like you can do this this is what you gotta do you Mm -hmm. can do this if you see this happening and you really like this you can do it and she really likes to set them up with the proper resources and the proper opportunities and clark it does such a great job too of whenever they have events uh people love to connect with the students so if there's a student that has like a baking uh a baking business they'll connect with them so that we can fund them for like if we have in like orientation or some kind of events so it really works beautifully in Clark of us supporting the students and supporting their businesses. It's really amazing. But a lot of that is due to Teresa. It really is. And just her passion and push for these students. It's absolutely amazing. And then I guess. It's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it's, Thank you. it's absolutely amazing, Teresa. I, you don't give yourself enough credit. Like, it's so cool. Like, just to see <laughs> Teresa in the mix operating. It's really awesome. <laughs> in my element. Yeah. Like you really are. In my natural habitat. <laughs> yeah. I can I, I can hear how excited you are. Like you know, it's been, it's like really cool. I'm just sitting here. I'm taking notes about stuff at my institution. So this is helpful. <laughs> Very good. I'm excited. Yep, yep, yep. But yep. I guess we can lead with the next question of so what exactly do you think is the definition of entrepreneurship? Um, because I think maybe some people that maybe are younger, they're like, oh, they see it as like a big business that's established. But can you kind of break that down mm-hmm. more for us? You know, I I don't know the official. I actually had to look it up before this interview and I read it and I was like, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> Cause it just it just didn't make sense. Again, it was really theoretical and really clinical. And I was like, that's not entrepreneurship. So I, I kind of tried to jot down something that I thought was my definition of it. And I said, identifying a need of an di- identified group and fulfilling that need with your resources and your passions. That's what I think entrepreneurship is. And yes, a lot of people think it's starting a big business and everything like that, but entrepreneurial endeavors can be even something very social that re- that doesn't bring in big bucks, but changes the the life situation, the life issue, the life problem, whatever it is of an identified group others I, I i always use i tell my students i call them your identified others you know who are those others or that group or that target market or whatever you want to call it mm. but you, yeah you identify them and then you figure out what they need 
and and make sure it's related to something you can do and you have a passion for it and resources resources a big thing i talk about in my classes because sometimes they'll they'll think of something really big and impressive like the medical world i can come up with this and that but they don't have a passion for the medical world but they see that mm -hmm. it's flashy and that it looks exciting and i'm like yeah the t it's going to get tough as you go and try to implement something like that so why don't you find something that makes you want to get up every morning out of bed and, and get moving on something. I said, it will make it a lot easier than, you know, trying to impress the world with something big. And, you know, you can always scale it. You can always make it bigger and you can always get to that point of making that million dollars, you know, if that's, that's the end goal, you know, but, but that's not entrepreneurship all the time. It's just making, identifying a group, others, target market, like I said, whatever it is, and, and making their situation better for them. So mm. That's how I look at what entrepreneurship is. Mm. I, that's, that's a really great definition. Cause that's mm -hmm. like literally, that's truly what it is. You, I like, you made it very streamlined. You identify a group, identify their need and come up with a way to fulfill that need. Cause I think that's like a big part. Like social media, especially these days, it sounds like everybody is an entrepreneur a lot <laughs> of the time, but it's true. Cause I think Kimmy and I talk about it a lot too. Like, finding your niche mm -hmm. what is it that somebody needs that you are somewhat of an expert in mm -hmm. and people will buy like if there's somebody out there that needs something and you like somebody else doesn't know about it i can't even think of i can't even think of what i want to say but if there's something out there that no one else has ever thought of you probably should go for it like just mm -hmm. just do it if you've never heard of it or even if someone's doing it already not doing it the way you're doing it so i think we all have our own you know, characteristics of how we can, you know, sell your own product or whatever that may be. But that's a great definition. I really mm -hmm. like that. And I, I wrote it down so we can, we can keep that, <laughs> that too. You... I like how you said, Kiki, I like how you said expert. That is a word mm -hmm. that I don't usually hear when I talk to people in generalities about entrepreneurship, but it's a word I like to use. So I'm glad you brought it up. The word expert is it's and it is difficult to get the students to understand that they're going to become that expert. They're right. going to become that expert, even if it's something in um, baking. Let's use baking as an example. You know, they're like, well, there's so many bakers out there and there's, you know, all these TV shows with all these big bakers and all these really famous people. Those are the experts. I'm like, no, 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 no. You become my expert. Like, I'm going to give a little shout out to Doe is Me. She's my expert. Is she good. is truly my expert. Yes. And when I need to put something together and order desserts, I know she is going to be the expert. She knows me. She knows what I'm looking for. And every single time she provides her desserts for one of our organizational get-togethers, it's so custom and tailored. She mm. is an expert. She's my mm. expert. So I'm really glad you brought that word up because it is, it's true. And you're an expert at it. And your mm -hmm. customers mm -hmm. look at you as that expert, even if you've only been right. doing it for a week or two. Absolutely. Teresa, could you, and I, this is probably like a very broad question, but could you share some of the highlights for you, like in your, in your experience, and if you've seen students or other people, but some of the highlights of someone that is starting their own business or going into entrepreneurship and what challenges you know, so someone may face along the way or something that you faced along the way. Yeah, there's, there's three students that come to mind that, that really highlight some of the challenges and overcoming it and really just doing what they 
want, what they feel right about. I, I'm, I'm not sure of the right word on that one. But of course, we talked about Doe is Me. And she was so underestimated in the beginning. Oh, cookies, big deal. But you know what? She is a big deal now. You know, so she's she's really come a long way. And again, she was very underestimated. And I just give her so many props for saying, okay, you don't think I can do this? That's okay. I'm still going to do it. You know, and, and then... And then I've got Martina, Martina uh, Villanueva, who started an earring business. And again, a little underestimated. It's just earrings. It's just earrings. But this, she's now gone into vintage clothing. She's become an expert on vintage stuff, you know, and, and vintage is huge right now. And she's really becoming this expert in vintage. And it started all from just these earrings. And then we have Clarissa Co. She was a first year last year and she came up with an app that, you know, she came up with it in a class and it could have just been a class project. It didn't really get it off the ground, but had the concept, yada, yada, yada. She has taken advantage of absolutely everything that Clark has to offer when it comes to entrepreneurship and something, I'm not sure what, but something is going to come out of her and that app that's going to, to put her definitely on the map. And I and I really am excited to watch her. But I, I did that really answer your question? I know you kind of said about, I guess, challenges. Is that what you said? <laughs> I hope I answered yes, your question. No. So. no, I mean, I think, well, you yeah, asked about highlights and challenges. I think you answered it perfectly in that because I can imagine anyone starting a business is going to be underestimated, mm-hmm. no matter what it is. I'm, I'm sure the biggest businessmen and women we're under, under, we're underestimated. So I think you definitely answered it because yeah, it starts out, maybe somebody doesn't believe in your vision and you're underestimated, but I think you shared the highlights too. Like I wrote down too, like you said, the student, Clarissa, just taking advantage of all your resources. That's a highlight because this, I just feel like a lot of students on college campuses feel maybe siloed in one area. Like this is my major, mm-hmm. I have to stick to this, but I can't venture out and utilize other resources or other academic departments, but you you absolutely can. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, that's a highlight is being able to use your resources and your community to get you where you, you know, to get to where you need to go mm-hmm. this with, with this venture. So that was the perfect answer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's great to see them when they, when people tell them no, and they just keep going mm-hmm. and they get more no's when they are not tech. You know, tech is the overarching, everybody thinks of mm. big tech companies with entrepreneurship and innovation and all that wonderful stuff. And so they kind of went, well, it's just earrings or baking or this little app or whatever. And, you know, to hear that on a regular basis that you don't, you know, stand up or, or equal up to a tech business, you know, that could be, that could be tough, you know, mm-hmm. but they... Yeah, you know, and, and I think one of the questions you had sent over to me, you know, some challenges or what, what helps an entrepreneur it's it's that patience mm. and that really you know it's not you know believing in yourself is always kind of one of those things that's what is it um cliche but you know that that is important you got to believe in yourself but i think what happens is you forget to really look at your customer or that other you know that mm. group and get to know them they're the only ones that are really going to be a good judge of what you're doing. It, it's not somebody in the tech world is not going to be a good judge of what you're doing if you're selling earrings. You know, it's 
if you know your customer, if you know your others, your group, whatever it is, if you know them well, their opinion is the only one that matters. And if they need what you're trying to do, that's success. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think that also yeah. goes back to, too, what you mentioned before, like you had a student that said they wanted to do something medical, but they weren't really into medicine. And I think it goes, right. it goes back to what you said, like what your passion is, because when you do have like a niche that you really enjoy and that you know you can actually do, I think it's easier. It can be a little more easier to take that no, because you're like, you know what, the next day I know I can go back out there and keep pushing because I have that stride for that. And I mm-hmm. can keep looking and I, I know it's easier for me to know more of my target audience because I want to really get my, my product out there to um, achieve this purpose for what it is. Because you have that natural drive of like, this is what I really like to do. What can I do to make it better? And it's just like that natural need of I really enjoy this. This is what's making me wake up in the morning versus I'm going to do this just for the money. And then so when those obstacles kind of come in, it's kind of like, eh, do I really even feel like this drive anymore? If someone says no, it's like, eh, well, I feel like the no is more of a heavier hit because you're just not really, your mind's not really set on it. So I think that's a good characteristic of, like you said before, like the drive and patience. Are there any other characteristics you would suggest that someone in entrepreneurship have? You know, listening skills, I would say, you know, if you're not a good listener, which a lot of us aren't, (laughs) you know, you know, start really working on that. Take, put that at kind of the top of the list of things that you should learn to go into entrepreneurship because you've got to listen to your others. They are going to tell you exactly what they need. And then all you have to do is, is do it, you know, if you're, and so you, you've got to listen to them. And so I would say listening skills really, and, and other characteristics, gosh, I've seen it from people who never walk out of their house because they're so introverted to people who, need to talk to everybody on the street and they're all successful and they all have different qualities but i'd say listening is is so very important oh i think something else to add to you and kiki mentioned it too kind of to bring it back is like the resources thing um that really i don't know why that struck a chord with me but i think sometimes when people want to start something they're like oh i don't really have let's say they want to create like some kind of product that actually needs to be manufactured or something like, well, I don't really know mm-hmm. how to get there. I don't know who my resource is or da, da, da. It's like kind of still survey who you have around you because maybe you could have your resources could be your family. Like, oh, well, I do have a family member that works here. Maybe they could connect me to someone that they know. Um, or you can even have like your friends, if they're your target market, use them as a resource to bounce back feedback or surveys off of them. Um, like you said, the the student Clarissa and her app is insane. Like for her to think that mm-hmm. I, I could never even think of how to implement it. But she, like you said, she's using all the resources that she has at Clark. She's able to talk to like the admissions mm-hmm. office. I think she was talking to. Um, mm-hmm. We also have now that Clark has this new sector added that does um, what's it like not gaming, but like a lot of digital technology and creation of apps. She could tap into that resource. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we do need to take a little bit of a step back to see what we can do versus what we can't do and who to talk mm-hmm. with. So I think that's being very resourceful and just seeing who you can talk to around you or even just shooting someone an email that something similar that you're doing saying, hey, how did you think to achieve this? Or how did you meet this need for your product? I'm just curious. Or what does that process look like? I just want to tap into your mind. Can I treat you to a coffee? So even mm-hmm. those ways to connect and be resourceful can definitely help versus like, I need to figure it out all on my own. And, it, and it, sometimes mm-hmm. that can be a little bit of counterproductive. Yeah, those resources. And, and I am one of the class that I teach. Um, we do have a whole 
assignment on identifying your resources. And it, you know, most of the time it's like, well, I don't have any money, so I have no resources. <laughs> and that's not the only one, you know? And, and it's interesting when they start talking about their resources, they find a resource, they're on the basketball team. They're basketball teammates. Their teammates want to see them get, be successful. So resources are, are anything, absolutely anything. And yeah, that's Cl Clarissa is saying everything, everything she's taken advantage of. And it's just, it's great. She's like the poster child for me. So. Um, well, I guess on the, on the resource train, Kemi mentioned, and she's talked to me about it too, the Clark Tank, how, it, how students can utilize that, how it impacts students. And if there's somebody out there that's hearing and wants to implement this on their campus, like how would you recommend them go about this? But yeah, I, I would love to hear like what the Clark Tank is and how you got it started. Oh, that's that's my baby right there is the Clark Tank. Um, when I first came to Clark, and this is not to put down my predecessor in any way, because in a way there was it was meeting some needs. They it was called Eureka at the time. And it my analysis of it is again, it was quite clinical, where you put together big spreadsheets. And, you know, you learn a lot from putting together these, you know, year-long forecasts. And, and then you start going, oh, maybe I can't do it. Or maybe there's some opportunities I missed. So there is a lot of good stuff that goes with putting that together. But when I came over to Clark, I don't know much about that. <laughs> but what I do know a lot about is starting these little small businesses. And I really call them your practice business or your your, your starter business. And in I'm not expecting any of these businesses really to make them millions. They might, but that's not what I'm expecting. What I'm expecting out of these small businesses is that you learn so much. So when the opportunity mm -hmm. comes around, um, you already have made all your mistakes. And so you can say, ah, yeah, yeah, I know not to do that now. In the bigger one, which really is the one that could make you money. So, um, so Clark Tank, what I tried to do or what I what I implemented when I came over with the help of John Dobson was his suggestion was let's invest $100 into every business. And again, the business has to be running. It has to be doing something, even if it's something small. We only have one customer, whatever it is. Let's invest $100 into them to tell them, OK, here's this is your first investment. We believe in you. Then put them through the paces, so to speak, teaching them the marketing, finance, uh, customer engagement, customer research, pitching, you know, anything that we could think of through this months long time, you know, where they go, they go through this and we, we started a class to go with it. We give them a lot of opportunities too, as Kemi was mentioning, these weekly pop-ups where they go on Red Square and they get a table and they get a table and they, and it's a very popular area on campus. So people are always walking by. So you have so much opportunity to talk to people and say, well, what do you think of my product? Is this going to work? Eh, I don't really like it because it's the wrong size or it's the wrong color or it's the wrong this, that, and the other thing. So then you go back and you say, oh, well, they didn't like pink. Maybe they'll like purple, you know? So, so you get this chance to really work your product at service. Um, and then after this whole, like I said, months long, where we give them a lot of mentoring, a lot of uh, help, assistance, get them out there in front of people, then we help them put together a really strong pitch. And then they get in front of um, an alumni panel, uh, also with some entrepreneurs, and they pitch their business. 
This is a current business. And so instead of asking for an investment into the long term, you know, a couple million dollars to get a manufacturing company, yada, 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 they ask for something they actually need. One student who was making t-shirts that um, Kemi talked about, <clears throat> she needed a special kind of Oh, I, I can't even remember what it was because I'm, I'm not a printer there, but it was something to make her T-shirts quicker and of higher quality. She had a dollar amount that she needed and she asked for exactly what she needed to move her business forward. So what I really liked about this, too, is it teaches the students to really what do I need to move my business forward instead of these year-long projections and yeah they did their year-long projections and they do need to know their cost of goods sold and all that but what is it that i need right now that's going to make me one step further in my business journey and it was very very successful this year we had 38 applicants and 30 i think we were down to 18 and you know none of the students were ah you're not good enough see you later a lot of the students said whoa this is a lot of work and they excused themselves so to speak yeah they took themselves out of the competition because they realized this is this is more than i thought what's again mm -hmm. another reality check about what entrepreneurship is and then so we went into the semifinals. i want to say with 18 and we ended up with 12 that presented to the final judging or panel and they all received funding which was amazing because they all did so very well so that's clark tank for you mm -hmm. Yeah, it's absolutely sounds incredible. <laughs> it's absolutely it's a lot of fun. amazing. Um, and it's like, and then like the actual day, like they also get she also gets judges to come in, and then they're like the main deciders. And it's really cool just seeing them pitch, and then all the information mm -hmm. that they go into of just like their forecasting and data uh, mm -hmm. for what moves their business forward. I think this is also a great uh, way to segue into this question for someone who has a business idea. What advice would you give them for kind of starting out? Like, would you just say, like, you need to start with a business plan? Um, I think a great discussion to also talk about is costs as well, because sometimes, mm -hmm. like you said, some people don't factor in the costs to move your business forward, because sometimes we're like, eh, my product's not, it doesn't, shouldn't be $50, so I'm just going to mark it as 20 because mm -hmm. I want someone to do it. That's a big, I feel like a big, big, like, first-time business um, uh, yeah, that that is what I hear all the time. Oh, I don't know if I'm worth that much or I don't know if my product is worth that much. And I, I get it, you know, and I don't really say, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. I, I make sure that they maybe they get out there with that lower price and see how that works. And a lot of times the, the, their product will get snapped up because it's such a deal. But I make them reflect. Well, such a deal. Could we raise it a little bit? Can we, we you know, can we, we keep moving that needle? But yeah, that that is a that is a problem that I it's it's mm -hmm. a struggle. It's a struggle, and that's a confidence thing that I see. But to start, like you were saying, um, you know, what would be a good thing to get started with is again kind of our um, our mentality is just give them that push and get them out there. But one thing that's very important is to do a minimum viable product. This kind of goes back with money thing is make sure you got your costs in order. I've seen it in the past where a student will try to have a whole bunch of different products to make a whole bunch of different people happy. And that that's 
what I call the kiss of death, you know, when you're trying to make everybody, if I hear someone say, oh, I can make a product for everyone, that's to me the kiss of death, you know, that that's not going to work. <laughs> so, so what I try to do is identify one product, one. I don't care if there's an advantage to having three or four, we can do that later. Identify one product, work on that, talk to the end users, your customers, your group, your others, whatever they are, have them give you feedback, developing that one until that one hits the target. You learn a lot just with that one product and you don't waste a lot of time and a lot of money, you know, when you just do that one. And so that's where I, I really encourage people, if you got an idea, do something really minimum, a minimum viable product that you can get out there and get into the hands of the others and then go from there. So let's see, I, I'm trying to think of some products where, oh, when I, when I start talking to students about starting a business, like you said about the shoe cleaning or the shoe, um, painting the shoe, lots of shoe businesses out there because it's huge with young people now, is uh, mm. I'll first hear, oh, I want to start a shoe store or a shoe line. Oh, that, oh, that's going to be a lot of work and a lot of money. <laughs> Let's bring it down to a minimum viable product that keeps you in the shoe industry but that you can really get it out there and start learning about that industry and those customers in that industry. And that's where we get the shoe cleaning business and the shoe, um, the vintage shoes, you know, the, the air whatevers, <laughs> um, you know, and then what's the other one, the shoe cleaning and the shoe painting that's getting you into the industry. And maybe as you build that minimum viable product, someday maybe you can open a, a shoe store with painted shoes, you know, but you got to start one place. That that would be my advice. Start with that one minimum. Find the big the big dream, and then taper it down to something you can manage. That's all great advice, Teresa. Mm -hmm. Like that's, mm -hmm. I think that's so great too. Because then also when if someone is like, I just want to have a product that meets everybody's needs, mm -hmm. that can also come with like quick burnout too. You're trying mm -hmm. to understand everybody's audience here how to market for everyone how to create all these things for everyone especially starting out that can be very difficult when it usually are a one-man band when you first start out so <laughs> so and with such limited resources and bandwidth so it could be so difficult and that could be very defeating too because you're like i'm not seeing the responses it's like well because you're doing a lot so mm -hmm. that's such great feedback. And then even with like recollecting your data and trying to understand how a product is, is um, doing on the market, it's like you have to kind of, you're trying to scale all this knowledge too. So it's just a lot of different gears mm -hmm. that are affecting each other. So it can be a handful, especially if it's the first thing you ever wanted to do. So I just, mm -hmm. that was just some really great advice. Um, I think you kind of answered this question earlier because I was going to say, um, what do you, can anybody kind of start at any kind of age to entrepreneurship? And I think you did such a good part in even saying that like, you could start younger. Could you just kind of speak to or give some confidence to our crowd um, in terms of just confidence of like you can actually do this? I think some people, I was part of this too back in the day when I first started my dance studio, I was like, you should start dance classes, you should do that. And I was like, I'm not an quote unquote <laughs> expert. Uh, I was like, I don't have a quote unquote, like I don't, I don't have a actual studio space for rent. I don't have this. I don't have that. Can you kind of just speak to, 
or some encouragement to the first steps for people who are trying to at least start? Because I think that's the biggest step in terms of anything. It's just starting. But we always think it has to be perfect. And that's not how it works. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, you talked about a business plan earlier. And I guess, you know, in a way, I, I learned that too when I was in um, college is how to write a business plan. But the day you, you put the final period on that, that business plan, the very next day, it's something different. So a business plan, it takes a lot of time to make and people get too caught up into that. So, you know, I don't know really the magic words to say to a student or to a young person or to anyone who's looking to start a business, but if you could maybe like plug your nose and jump into the deep end you know whatever it is just but with that minimal viable product you know don't go all all crazy with it but if you could find something in yourself that could make you take that step and just Mm -hmm. give it a try there's no other way there's just absolutely no other way and like you said it's a one-man band most of the time and so nobody's going to make that step for you and so and if you fail Big deal. You know, there's always tomorrow. You know, if you do the minimum viable product, keeps the losses of that first business or any business to a manageable level. You know, that's what you want to do. You want to keep it to a manageable level. So if you fail and you've kept it to that manageable level, there's always tomorrow. There's always another one. And and think about all those things you learned in the process of that first step, you know, so... I, w- I wish I had the magic answer on what it is, but figure out what it is inside yourself and just push it, <laughs> push it and, and get out there. That's awesome. Because I'm just, I'm just sitting here thinking a lot of the students that I meet with or advise, they're like, I want to do, we've been using baking. So I'm going to say like, they want to do culinary. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to get my associates in culinary first. And then they're like, I'm going to come back and get a business degree. And I'm like, you don't necessarily have to do that. I was like, let's maximize your time. And Education, even at a community college level, you don't have to spend that much money. I, I think the the theme here is like be an expert in your field. Mm-hmm. So from what I've heard, and hopefully you know this is a takeaway from what we've talked about here, be an expert in your field and the entrepreneurship, the business mindset can come from other ways. And I think we've mentioned that can come from your resources. So there are a lot of students who are like, I have to get a business degree too. And I'm like, no, you don't. Um, and people like you, Teresa, staff like you who have a business background, that's, that's a resource. Mm-hmm. If your campuses have small business centers or your campuses have career services. There's, there's so many resources out there that are free where you can work on your degree and you can be getting that you know entrepreneurial mindset or business mindset. You don't have to go get another degree for that unless you want to. Right. But it sounds like just to be starting out, the main thing is to just be an expert in your field, figure out what your niche is so that you can implement something to fill a need. I think that's a, a great overview for somebody that wants to start a business, even teenagers. I mean, I one of my, she's like a, she's like a niece to me, but she she has her own like baking business and she just turned 15. Oh. And she does like, she makes more money than I do sometimes. So <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like, let me borrow a hundred dollars, please. But no, she like really, she really, and from, from where she started, I think it's been like maybe two summers now, but I've seen her like, you know, just say like, here's my menu and said like, you know, she hasn't, you know, failed, like the failing part. She, people made like, she may bake all this stuff and I, I go to help her sometimes bake stuff or like we made candied apples last week. Mm. 
they they all melted. So we couldn't like we couldn't use them. But you know, she's now gone from just saying like, here's my business, here's my menu, I should say, and people may not come and pick up the product. So then she's lost all this money. Now, a year or two later, she's like, okay, I'm I'm asking for a deposit. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that's growth. So she's like, if I'm gonna make all this stuff, you have to pay me up front. So I think yeah, it's just it's just the spirit to persevere. Yeah. Rambling, but I think I think I, everything you said has been really really good. I just wanted to sum sum all that part up. So yeah. make sure you pass was- my name yeah. over to her. I know exactly the college okay. she needs to go to. <laughs> Okay. Oh, cool. Yes, definitely. Definitely. You know, and that's kind of my little mantra in my, in my program with, and I have an amazing student staff, really it's me and a student staff. And why I love that student staff so much is because they're just as motivated as I am about getting entrepreneurs. But back to your niece, um, you, you were saying that she's got this little business at 15. She is Mm -hmm. such an entrepreneur. That's mm-hmm. who we want. That and, and I'm not just saying me or Clark. That's what mm-hmm. my student staff and all the entrepreneurs that are at Clark, we want her because she is going to bring so much depth to our entrepreneurship program because of exactly what you just said. She now asks for a deposit, you know, after mm-hmm. after you know getting burned or whatever it was, which you know, just the, the name of the game, she's learned. And you said the growth, we want them. And we have a, a little running joke in our, uh, with my student staff is we call them the, uh, the lawnmower kid. And the lawnmower kid is the one that we want in our program. It's somebody who had <laughs> yeah. this small business when they were in high school, like your niece, and learned these real basics, you know, of, of having a small business. That's who we want. We want them mm-hmm. to come in because not that we don't want people to come in that have no entrepreneur background or never start a business. We want them too. But the, the knowledge that she's going to bring, she would bring to our program is, is something you just can't teach. You know, it's, it's, she can, she can help other people in our program. So yeah. Teresa, I guess like a good plug too. Um, I remember at one point you were saying, um, I was gonna say, I guess a good time to like do a good plug to kind of encourage other students too. um, upon if they're like younger and they're, they kind of have these ideas, they just don't know where to go. I remember you were saying that there was an entrepreneur podcast you were working on. Is that still in the mm-hmm. works? Is that up and running? Mm-hmm. Yes, we we did a, a I don't know a, 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 just a trial just to see if it would work. Um, the student did it through a um, a directed study. It was just we were just going to see. And his name is Alex Trinosky. I like to give my shout outs because these students they're little entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and. This young man, he's going to be a, a senior, has the best entrepreneur um, approach, but also has an amazing voice for, for being behind the microphone. But anyway, he did it as just a, I can't even think of the name, just a, a trial. And now I actually got enough funding to hire him in the fall. And oh. it's, it's called, and this was his name, I'm just so excited about, E&I for you and I. So entrepreneurship and innovation for you and I, and and he's going to do that. He's going to drop it every um, Saturday at three o'clock and he's going to do a little of everything. He's going to talk about what's going on in our program. His target, I think we have to really fine tune it is 
really alum and parents, you know, that are looking mm -hmm. to are, are helping their students, their their young people are looking to help in, in entrepreneurship. I think that's going to be the target, um, but it's going to be entrepreneurial facts, but then some good interviews with some alums, some students, what's going on on campus. And then he throws in his own quirkiness and it's it's just a great little podcast. We've got seven episodes out there. So yes. yeah. Awesome. Where can we listen yeah. to it? On what platforms are they streaming on? Uh, Spotify. Spotify. Okay, perfect. Spotify. So all our listeners out there, go check that out as well, especially if you are young and sprouting or if you're a family or an alum from Clark, go listen to that podcast for some entrepreneurial inspiration and tips and facts. Teresa, could you, before we wrap up, could you plug if you have social media or if anyone can follow you on any platforms or your LinkedIn? I think people would... Absolutely love to hear more from you. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, we do have a Clark Entrepreneurship and Innovation Network on LinkedIn, and it's always got some things going on. We post a lot of stories that we write about our students and awards and so on and so forth. But definitely on social media, we're really trying to pump up that social media. The Instagram is Clark Entrepreneurship. And from there, we've got a bunch of little ones, too. We've got one for the, the thrift store. We have an on-campus thrift store that's run by students, very entrepreneurial. Um, Henry Reyes heads that up. Then we've got, um, we've got the Clark Collective. That's that weekly pop-up. So it, that's at Clark U Collective. That's Instagram. Um, yeah. And then we have a Twitter. We have... That's Clark Innovation, and that's where we're trying to get the podcast interaction going, like a conversation there. But yes, please, please. And then if you need to contact me, you want to find out more about Clark Entrepreneurship and Innovation, I would love to talk to you. And I'm at tquinn at clarku.edu, and Quinn is with two N's. I do want to, I want to, I forgot all about this. I want to plug our student-run website. It's www clarkstudentventures.com that is run 100% by students and it has everything Clark entrepreneurship and it, it it is part of Clark but it's our own little website that the students run you can see all the stuff going on there it's amazing okay Teresa you were heading up a phenomenal entrepreneurship venture at Clark so Thanks. I think, well, people out there, we, we've plugged Clark before. I'm not, I don't have anything to do with Clark, but it sounds like a great place. So we're going to hype it up. So if you're out there looking for a school to go to, you have, we, we, well, we have Kemi, we have Teresa. We talked to Savannah before, um, Suzanne, excuse me. Mm -hmm. And they have great things to say about Clark mm -hmm. and great people that have worked there. So and this is Clark University in Worcester. Clark University in Worcester. Sometimes we get confused. Okay. We got confused with another one too. <laughs> okay. Clark University in Worcester, but still a cool place. Put that on your list if you're interested in whatever we've talked about you know, in these past episodes. So now, Teresa, thank you so much for being with us. We greatly appreciate your time with oh. us today. Well, you're welcome. And I had a great time. I just, I could ramble on and on and on. I tried, I tried to make sure my answers were as tight as I could possibly get them. <laughs> uh, there, it was, it was really, no, it was awesome. I think a lot of people will get really great, about, oh, great, great information from this for sure. So thank you, Teresa, for being on here with us. And thank you everybody for tuning into another episode of Your Advisors Will See You Now. Thank you for all the support. 
Um, as as always, please feel free to like, to share the podcast, to subscribe to the podcast. You know where you can find us. If you're listening, you obviously found us. So um, don't forget to follow us on our, all of our social media platforms. They will be linked in the show notes. But it's Yasin Podcast. So please make sure to check us out. We've got a lot of followers on Instagram lately, too. So thank you to whoever's following us. We appreciate it. And if you would like to bless the podcast... Technically, Kemi and I are entrepreneurs in a way. So if you'd like to start, uh, if you'd like to support us, we'd greatly appreciate it. Our Venmo is in the description or show notes as well. But any liking, sharing, subscribing is also appreciated. But thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. 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 Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening to the latest episode of Your Advisors. We'll see you now. Please make sure to follow us on all of our social media pages and check out our website. Take a look at the show notes below. And please make sure to subscribe and share this podcast. Also, show us some love and please leave a five-star review. Catch you next time. See ya.